Praise the Lord Jesus. So good to be back online and uh, available for the week. Uh, we can meditate and think upon this worthy one, our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Who is like unto thee? O Lord, who is like unto thee? O Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, Doing wonders, hallelujah, for he is Lord, he is Lord, he has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Hamash debrinim el mertekebrasika randarabal matakarianti. We worship you, brother Kura Paseba Balmanta, Branja de Bredis de Prada Dasta. Hallelujah, la presulcolto presibibilde, nebro du crocupo sucolonto. Hallelujah, sumo curdo brosto prepedicatea. We worship you, 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 we worship Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Castamento presepento fremeskemosca papalpetere custo. O crebica la cadabara di balasama kata casapracasapataya. Oh, thank you for the oil. The oil of your fresh presence upon our lives today is a That our lips will be gracious. Thank you, Lord, that the lips of the righteous feed many. We give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your ability, your unction. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Ma prasta prapal patakasta. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Samatabarababakasta. Thank you. 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 We worship you. We worship you. We give you thanks. Hallelujah. Thank you for the privilege of serving you in this day and hour. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, faithful God. 
Faithful God, faithful God, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Thank you, Father. We call every need met, every oak destroyed, every burden removed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. I'll go to a familiar line of scripture in Hebrews, uh, the 11th chapter. And um, I read from the King James Version, first of all. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise God. I'll read that also from the Amplified Version. says, But without faith it is impossible to please him and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Hallelujah. There is a certain level of diligence and earnestness with which we seek him. Praise God. And he is the God who rewards that. And though in the realm of man's uh, life and results, you know, people can jump the gun, they can... Uh, break rules uh, quietly and nobody will notice. For instance, during the athletics, uh, people began to realize that they were being uh, given special uh, enhancing injections and uh, they had to do tests and check their blood and all that. So the world system and the things of the world are like that. It's hard to find a genuine, earnest, diligent person out there most people are jumping the gun somewhere or the other. But there is a God who sees diligence and sees earnest uh, effort in seeking him. Hallelujah. And that's uh, the righteous judgment of God or the righteous way of looking at things. And you cannot please him unless you agree with these things about him. That he enjoys to reward the diligent who seek him earnestly and with effort. That we have to believe that is part and parcel of our faith. Hallelujah. Let's hear Hebrews 11 verse 6 also in Canada. Because sometimes due to this lack of diligence, uh, you know, certain people are not privy to revelation and understanding and find it very hard to see things about God which uh, seem to be normal to others. Uh, Because of the diligence and the effort in seeking Him, they receive understanding and uh, light uh, on the word of God and the reality of his nature 
that others don't have and so it seems so strange to them when such things are said. But God has a principle that without this diligence and effort and earnest uh, work uh, in seeking him, we are not going to receive uh, the necessary uh, reward and revelation being part of that. Hallelujah. That is uh, so uh, necessary. And so sometimes when you say things, uh, when you hear things, they may sound very strange, but then why is it that some people cannot receive it? Why is it that some people cannot understand it? It's because they have not necessarily been putting in that effort and earnestness, earnestness and diligence in seeking Him. So they don't get the reward of that understanding. They don't get the reward of that revelation. It's not there. Hallelujah. So we need to learn to respect uh, the way God looks at it. Praise God. And uh, earnestly go after Him. Diligently seek Him and believe of a necessity that He will reward that diligent effort. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, uh, when you begin to talk about things like the righteousness of God, you know, some people find it hard to swallow that, and uh, that you are very much the righteousness of God himself, that God can look at you and say, that person is the very same righteousness as myself. And that becomes hard to swallow because uh, certain things are not diligently understood and sought after in the mind of God. And if you say, for instance, Jesus went to hell, Jesus rose again and went where we could not go or were not supposed to go, and uh, which was not created for us. But Jesus went there and became so completely identified with us and the nature of sin was his nature at that point that he had to go to hell. That's where sin would be put. That's where sin would be dealt with. And so some people find it hard to imagine that Jesus went to hell. Why? Because the diligence in looking into the things of the Word and the things of God has probably been compromised. They have not spent that time uh, looking into His Word and looking to God in these matters. Hallelujah. So it pays to burn the midnight oil, so to speak, put in the effort to uh, look into the things of God and spend time there, and uh, wonderful results can be expected. Hallelujah. The 119th Psalm declares in uh, the 105th verse, we'll go there and read it, Notice that we read a lot from King James. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. So you here see that there is lamp and light required for our daily walk. 
Praise God. There has to be illumination. There has to be revelation. There has to be understanding that comes from the word of God that will help our feet to stay on that path. Praise God. Continuing there in the same psalm, in the 130th verse, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here we are looking to his word, looking to him to give us illumination, understanding by the entrance of his will and word in our lives. Light comes, understanding comes, and it changes our lives from being naive, simple, or foolish to being wise and being strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's hear the 105th verses and the 130th from Psalm 119 also in Canada. Ninna Vakyavu Nanna Padakya Deepavu Nanna Darige Bedaku Agide. Ninna Vakyavala Praveshavu Bedakanu Kutu Murkarige Drahike and Nuntumadukade. Praise God. So there has to be a revelation that comes as we seek Him, as we pay the price of earnestness and um, developing ourselves in that holy desire to fellowship with His Word, fellowship with Him pressing into it, we begin to see things that may sound strange to others. But thank God, the entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple and changes us, brings us out of all of these things into the enlightening. Hallelujah. Psalm 19 says in verse 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Praise God. Here you have a kind of uh, more explanation there that there is light coming to us. Rejoicing comes from it. Purity of that word causes light, revelation, understanding, joy. All of these benefits are there which we need to enjoy. Hallelujah. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Thank you, Jesus. What came from his mouth? His words. So from his words come knowledge and understanding. The commandment is a lamp and a law, is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Praise God. So these things prove to us that uh, it is his will that we stay in deep study, meditation, And uh, prayer over the word of God, trusting his Holy Spirit to lighten our eyes. And we will not go in the opposite direction. Psalm 13 verse 3 says, Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Praise God. So the difference between uh, death, dying, And sleeping the sleep of death and real life is the light that comes from God's word which helps us to see. Praise God. Let's hear Psalm 13 verse 3 also in Kannada. Amen. The opposite of enjoying the light and the glory of God and our eyes seeing things that God can only show 
The opposite of that is just dying. It's, it's nothing special in any other kind of life. Hallelujah. So we go to him to hear from his mouth his word. And he lightens our eyes and helps us to see things that uh, may be strange to others. But because of that earnest diligence involved, which even we look to him to empower us by faith to draw near and hear the words of his mouth and see what he's saying. All of that still uh, we draw from him, that ability we draw from him. Praise God. So um, don't be shocked when people cannot understand what you're saying and cannot see why you are emphatic about things. Uh, It's simply about price paid in drawing near to him. Uh, time spent around him and his mouth speaking into the lives. That makes all the difference. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Meanwhile, that is welcome, uh, you know, to everybody. Everyone is open to that invitation from our Father. Hallelujah. That he can enlighten us and we can have a life that is not just the sleep of death. Praise God. Hallelujah. So sometimes uh, when you hear something, you can tell whether it's fishy or whether it is real. Just because you've been studying and spending time around him, you know there's got to be something wrong uh, you know, about that way of looking at the scripture or that way of interpreting the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go, for instance, into... Common in quote scripture like Second Corinthians five and verse twenty one. It says, For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. This may be uh, common to some, but may be a very big hurdle to others. And as we feed on it, As we think upon it, meditate and uh, rotate it around in our thinking, uh, speak it to ourselves prayerfully, it begins to enlighten us to our uh, true position which Jesus gave us by substitution. Hallelujah. Notice he says he made him to be sin for us. He became so identified with us that he did not just take our sins, but became the very nature of sin, sin itself. Who knew no sin? What a sad condition for someone who knew no sin. To be not just uh, to sin, but to be made sin. Hallelujah. And that for us. Praise God. Uh, It must have been quite a torturous time. And I believe that is what You know, we have to take away from it that Jesus did not just suffer on the cross physically, but all of those thoughts of having to become sin for us and then pay the price for us and eventually go to the place where sin should be put, which is hell and eternal separation from God, the legion of the doomed, where uh, the damned are forever, The devil and his cohorts, his cronies, that is where he had to go. And he went there for us, uh, paying the price for us, not for anything he himself had done, but taking our place 
that kind of love makes us to cringe sometimes. That God would do this and give himself for us, his own son for us, who knew no sin. It's a strange thing to us because we are not familiar with that. We are not used to that. We were born and conceived into this fallen sin nature. And so a life without sin is uh, strange. It makes no sense to us. But for someone who knew no sin to be made the righteousness or rather sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, is the love of God, is the grace of God, is the mercy of God in action. Hallelujah. And oh, glory to God. What more can he do than to go to hell for us and pay the price for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Can you imagine Jesus becoming sin for us? Actual sin nature and becoming sin personified. Identifying not just with us, but also with the devil who has sin from the beginning. Hallelujah. So he became like the devil himself. And that's why he had to go to the devil's domain. And the devil was excited to have him there. Praise God. Let's hear Second uh, Corinthians 5, 21 also in Canada. Glory to God. Let's look into First Timothy 3. Notice there the 16th verse. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Hallelujah. What an amazing little verse of scripture which contains all of that weighty revelation. The Amplified says, and great and important and weighty, we confess, is the hidden truth, the mystic secret of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh, justified and vindicated, he says there in the Holy Spirit, in parenthesis, holy, vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Hallelujah. Of course, he was seen uh, in the Spirit and by the Holy Spirit. But we can also see here that his Spirit became sin for us. And was so much sin that it had to go to hell. He went there in the Spirit and bore our curse of eternal damnation there. In the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ the Messiah himself died once for sins. Died for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. The just for the unjust. The guilty, the, the innocent for the guilty. That he might bring us to God. In his human body he was put to death. But he was made alive in the spirit in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison. 
So you can see from these verses that something happened in his spirit. And of course, if you, even if you looked at it as the Holy Spirit was there, yes, he saw it in the spirit realm, it was true. But there was something powerful about how much he became sin and the very nature of sin itself that he had to be damned and forsaken by his father and uh, cut off from his father, uh, which he had never experienced before. He was in complete union and fellowship with the Godhead. He came from the father's bosom. And this was worse than any nightmare we can imagine. And so he had to be made sin for us. And therefore, you could see here that when the price was paid... When justice was meted, when heavenly justice was completely satisfied, when the judge of all was satisfied, the Bible says that he could not just be there any longer, but he had to be made just, justified, alive, quickened in the spirit, in his spirit. In other words, that same spirit nature that had become sin for us, had now become righteous, made alive for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. And therefore, you can plainly see here, the same process has been given to our spirits also. Praise God. From death, he was brought back to life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is all just proof of his great love for us. The King James says in 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And you can tell that the Holy Spirit was involved in raising him and quickening him, but there is a work that happened in his own spirit because it was in his own spirit that he became sin for us. And sin is a spiritual reality. Hallelujah. First of all, that is why we were uh, all born in sin, even though we may be doing things which are, in quote, good in the energy of the flesh, and there may be people just who never say anything wrong, who just do all the right things, but they are sinners because they have the nature of sin in their spirit because it was like that from Adam's time. Praise God. And Jesus is the only one who paid that price and fully uh, meted justice for each one of us and could not be held there any longer and had to be quickened by the Holy Spirit, in His Spirit, made alive, justified in His Spirit, and raised again from the dead for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So let's see if we can read that also uh, in Canada. First Timothy 3, 16, first of all. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that mystery, which is strange to natural thinking, has become a reality. 
and we are uh, forced, in quotes, by the pressure of the Spirit of God to understand that mystery. That God was manifested in the flesh, seen on the earth, seen by angels, revealed in the spirit realm, that he went down to hell in his spirit while his body was in the tomb. And he was completely abandoned by heaven and had to suffer our judgment in our place. Oh, hallelujah. We can also hear 1 Peter 3.18 in Kannada. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I like the um, modern King James rendition of it where it says, He was made alive in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Or in spirit. Praise God. So you have all of these varieties, but as you draw close to Him, as you spend time with Him in meditation, oh, praise God, you will begin to realize more and more by faith that this is what has happened. And once it settles in your heart, you are full of joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go also to the book of Mark. And observe there, Mark chapter 16. The Bible declares there that he had said some things to his disciples, known as the Great Commission, some of his last words, and then uh, commissioned them with authority to go and do these works. And then the Bible declares in verse 19 of Mark 16, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following Amen. Notice that he went after all that and sat at the right hand of God. Praise God. This is the person who became sin before, who could not fellowship with God, who, whom his father forsook, and he cried out that 22nd Psalm, the Psalm of the Cross, and started by saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And all of the woes of that Psalm are mentioned there. But here he is so totally, completely personifying righteousness of God that he can sit right there at the right hand of God. Can you imagine someone who was sin completely before, just some days earlier? He was sin, not just that he sinned, but that he was sin itself. Can now sit confidently, welcomed to the very throne room and right hand position of favor and authority, right there in the very Father, the royal, the holy judge himself. He can sit right there at his right hand, letting us know that, that he was totally, completely a different person now in his spirit. Hallelujah. His body still bears the marks of that cross, but in his spirit he was definitely a new person. He had nothing to do with the old person. He was definitely a new creation. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. And that is the confidence with which he has sat down at the right hand of God with no feeling of any guilt and sin consciousness whatsoever. There is no sin there in heaven at the throne room. Hallelujah. Or in the throne room at the right hand of God. There is absolutely 100% God. And that consciousness is what we are being goaded onto, pushed onto, to see it like that, that you are completely a new creature, that you have nothing to do with the old nature whatsoever in your spirit man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let's hear Mark sixteen nineteen also in Kanata. This is the person who had become sin. Not just sinned, but had become sin completely. The whole of sin nature itself. He had been personified and he went there in the spirit, bore that sin and death, which was separation from the Father, to that unthinkable place called hell. Praise God. And today, he sits at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Praying for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians 2 says, in verse 1, And you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead in trespasses and sins. (laughs) Where in time past you walked according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. But God, thank God for that, who is rich in mercy, For his great love wherewith he loved us. Glory to God. Even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is how perfect the work has been concerning our spirit man and spirit nature. That we are raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For God to see man in his true condition, that proves that he's God. And to supply the redemption and the benefit as a gift to us, proves that he is the God who is the Father of mercies, the God of all grace. Thank you, Jesus. And so today, you and I can enjoy sitting there in that place, that high, lofty place at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus You can see how it is. it always has to be Christ and in Christ that all of these things are true. There is no other way for anyone to do that work. Nobody can 
go there, pay the price for humanity and come back again. No one is worthy. No one can do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before time began, God had finished all of this in his mind and waited patiently. Yes, patiently indeed for the time when he would come on the earth as a man born of a woman under the law. Praise God. And finish and accomplish all of this preciousness as the Lamb of God, our substitute and sacrifice. Praise God, praise God, praise God. What a wonderful God. What an awesome God. And you and I are born on this side of it all about 2,000 years later by no mistake but by heavenly design. Glory to God. To enjoy the benefits of this and look back at what has come uh, to us through Jesus and rejoice and live a life of illumination, elevation, and dominion. Hallelujah. So many words that sound fantastic. Praise God. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. So you and I are now created in that same capacity from the same material in Christ Jesus, created to certain good works which God ordained for us before time began. Hallelujah. His own workmanship. God did that himself. Only he could do that. Nobody else could do that. Glory to God. Let's see if we can read... um, a verse or two, um, Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 in Kannada. Oh, glory to God. And it's all by his work, he, his workmanship, his own effort, his grace, his mercy, his love. Nothing that we have <laughs> to bring to the table whatsoever. Verse 8 says, By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. It has to be a gift. Salvation has to be a gift. The salvation of humanity The born-again nature, the very nature of God imparted to our spirits, recreated, born again, brand new in Christ, had to be the grace of God. It had to be His gift. Let's hear verse 8 also in Kannada. Verse 9 continues, Not of works, lest any man should boast. There is the fallen nature there, trying to edge in and claim something. But he says, no man can boast. Just hush up and accept it. Praise God. No one can boast there. Fallen nature just has to go and take a back seat. In fact, a hellish seat and leave the scene completely. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. 
And so we rejoice and we joy in these realities. And this is what we uh, see as true. And this is what is worth thinking upon. This is good news and good works and workmanship that God has worked in us. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 9 and 10 also in Kannada. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So much has been done for us in Christ. So much grace, so much mercy, so much love has been demonstrated. The love of God has been demonstrated. God commended his love toward us that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. That love has been uh, revealed. And so there cannot be a moment where we wonder if God loved us and whether he forsook us and whether he has abandoned us. There are going to be challenges on the earth as you go into a devil infested world that will make uh, emotional uh, trauma which will cause you to doubt and that is why we pay the price of spending time thinking upon these things rather than the things which are seen for they are temporal and subject to change but the unseen the word of God is eternal and endures forever and that's what makes our affliction a very light thing and works for us a far more greater weight of glory hallelujah that will be seen in the ages to come hallelujah praise God verse 12 continues that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope without God in the world Praise God, praise God. But by the blood of Jesus, you have been brought back into God himself. You are in God, he's in you, he's with you, he's upon you, totally surrounded by God, in covenant promises, blessedness of heaven itself. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And all of this is the truth. Meanwhile, all that's in a fallen world is hopelessness, no promise, no guarantee. Nothing good at all, a hopeless future with no benefit, no guarantee. Thank God our story is different. Hallelujah. And so we are called to live from this reality, enjoying fellowship with God as though we never sinned before. Praise God. And that's definitely hard because your mind is uh, being uh, bombarded with uh, accusations from the enemy of our soul who wants to accuse us before God day and night. But thank God we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony coming out of our lips, and our fearlessness because we know our future is settled. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. So these kind of truths become clearer because one has decided by the mercy of God to spend time in these thoughts and enjoy uh, the distillation of God's word coming to them. Philippians chapter 4, 11, for instance. You know, sometimes people talk about uh, we should be content, you know, and uh, so on and so forth. And they draw all kinds of conclusions 
because of their own understanding of contentment. So uh, Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Praise God. And they will say, you know, I saw a man who had no legs, so I did not complain that I didn't have shoes, etc. You know, such things. It's always based on relative uh, conditions of humanity, comparing ourselves with others, which is never God's plan. Hallelujah. It is never God's plan for us to compare ourselves with someone else. That is actually living as a mere man. First Corinthians, the third chapter says in King James, uh, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Notice there, all of this is uh, interesting language, but I like the amplified rendition. He says, however, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual men, but as unto unspiritual or non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom carnal nature predominates. Carnal, fleshly nature. Mere infants in the new life, in Christ, unable to talk yet. So while we were yet mere infants, babes in Christ, we were made the very righteousness of God in Him. Woo! Glory to God. Some things were done in our spirit that raises up to sit in heavenly places at the very right hand of God while our mentalities were still as mere infants, just natural, carnal, flesh people. Isn't that interesting? And this has been put in the account of the whole world. Hallelujah. And it was given to us as a message and ministry of reconciliation that God was not imputing the sins of the world to them. But he has put all those sins on Jesus. The very nature of sin was given to him and he became sin itself and paid the price for every single person out there. And they deserve to hear it and know about it. And unless the preacher comes to them and tells them, unless you and I let them know, there's no way they're going to know it. Even though it was done for all of us in one fell sweep. Accomplished. Done. Hallelujah. Verse 2 continues, I fed you with milk and not solid food. For you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet, you are not strong enough to be ready for it. This is a church that Paul is ministering in who have decided uh, not to grow up. Hallelujah. But to stay in that place, even though the feeding for maturity is being applied to them, they are not accepting it, they are not receiving it, they are in that condition. Verse 3, for you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. Whatever everybody else is going through, that's what is controlling them. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual 
and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard like mere unchanged men. So he begins to explain there that this is all just like mere natural human standards of living. Comparison is what drives everything. Envy, thoughts that are based on comparison, jealousy, wrangling, factions. That's what the world is being driven by, and that is the natural, unchanged, mere people, mere man. Hallelujah. And so we were never supposed to be like that. But as the righteousness of God in our spirits, we are babes to some degree, carrying the very nature of God on the inside of us, and we are all called to develop and mature and grow up and rise above mere natural living. So the, the way that the world talks and their good values and works and their poems and their great uh, oratorial uh, so-called speeches that motivate and all that has nothing to do with you and I, actually. There's zero bearing on us. It sounds good, but it really does not have anything to do with us. Ours is from heaven. We are born from above. We are not of this world. We came from heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. So don't ever allow your mind to drop down to a place where the world and its uh, ways of saying and doing things encourage you. You are not supposed to be fed uh, and lifted up by their system. Praise God. We are not mere men. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3 also in Canada. Praise God. So that is mere living. Ordinary people and the world out there, that's how they live. They rate themselves like that. They draw comfort from it. They have hope in quote and guarantee in all of those things that they are one step better than their neighbor, etc., but that's not us, because we are born from above. We, uh, if we think that way, we are called babes. We are called fleshly. We are called mere men. So you're not a mere person. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. You are born from above. You come from another realm. Though you may have babe tendencies, uh, and you are still being weaned off the world's way of doing things. And we are all at different levels of that. Praise God. So looking back at Philippians 4.11 about contentment, he says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now if you think about it now a little further, this is not talking about seeing a person who has no house uh, under a plastic sheet and therefore you have a house and so you should just be content. That's not what drives you. That's what drives the world. What drives you is 
You are born again. You are born from above. Your father loved you and gave you all of his blessings. With every blessing that heaven has, he blessed us. And the guy under that tarpaulin sheet has been blessed in the same manner, but he doesn't know it. Praise God. And so you are not rejoicing because you have a house with concrete and he has a a tarpaulin tent to live in. But you are moved by the fact that it was God's sufficiency that met every need that the earth or humanity will ever have. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, uh, I like this translation. It's called the way translation. Have you ever heard of a way translation? I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therein to be independent of circumstances. That is the shade of meaning that you need to get out of that, to be independent of circumstances. In other words, to be independent of things that are moving uh, natural life out there. You are independent of that. You are not depending on natural circumstances and, in quote, uh, natural things to be content. You are content because you have everything that God has given you. Whether you are seeing it or not, it is the truth. Just like you are the righteousness of God, even though you may be a babe. You have not understood it. You are still thinking like the natural man, a mere man. But you carry within you the very life, nature, and righteousness of God in Christ. That's the truth. Hallelujah. And so as prices, uh, you know, are paid, so to speak, in diligently going and fellowshipping with him around the word of God, in prayer, seeking him, this comes to us as a reward. That you understand, I am independent of circumstances. That is my contentment. I have everything God has. That is my contentment. And out of that contentment comes a desire to communicate that to everyone else. Because you know that the price for sin and humanity's failure has been paid by the precious, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Lamb of God has paid the price, has taken away the sin of the world. And therefore, in God's eyes, we are right. We are completely right, as Jesus is right. And therefore everything else has to come toward Him, because it was created by Him and for Him. And He has paid the price for us to enjoy all those things that He created, and enjoy the full benefit of them, as He said, all things are yours. (laughs) Praise God. All things are yours. So sometimes you hammer the pulpit because of the emphasis. How much can you say it? We'll just keep saying it. We'll say it again and say it again and say it again until the last vestige of refusal to accept it is knocked out of the way 
And your mind becomes mature in the relationship of a father and his family. All that he has, he has given to us. And therefore, we are content. Praise God. At any level, just like you are maturing, you are also seeing a natural development of your revelation. What you see is what you be. What you believe is what you have. What you say is what you possess. And so you are seeing it. It's developing further and further, further and further. But on the inside, you are independent of circumstances, situations in the natural, because you know in the spirit, you sit right at the very throne room in the right hand of God, right there as though Jesus himself were seated. And whatever Jesus asked for in prayer, he would receive. And whatever you asked for in prayer, using his name, standing in his place, it's yours. All things are yours. Hallelujah. And so to come down to natural man's thinking is, is actually a failure. Amen. It's not a, a good thing. Amen. To be encouraged by the world and all of their thinkings and all of their poems and their sayings is actually <laughs> a very sad attempt to placate and encourage blindness of these truths. Hallelujah. So we have to push toward the throne. We have to push toward the word of God. We have to push towards fellowship with him, seeking him. Then we receive this illumination and understanding is the difference between life and death. Not just mere life anymore. Mere mortal existence. But the life of God lived on the earth in all of its sufficiency. This is our contentment. This is our contentment. We know all he has is mine. We know it of a surety and it must manifest. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We've said a lot. Let's see if we can hear Philippians 4.11 once more if necessary in Canada. Praise God. No wonder we are new creatures. <laughs> Why are you a new creature? Why am I a new creature? Because the old man has passed away. <laughs> the new man is completely different from the old man as life and death. So God puts it this way. He says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose life that you and your seed may live. The life of God is always connected with blessing. Always. It is the same as life. Life in God equals blessing. You are blessed. But the blessing is there in your spirit and in your spirit account and that is your confidence, that is your assurance, that is your guarantee, that is your contentment, that is your satisfaction. And as you believe that and continue to act like that, which involves primarily what you're saying, your words, just like God's own words, everything begins to manifest in a fallen world just as it would for Jesus. Because we are now... 
the righteousness of God in Christ and he is our wisdom. This is the wisdom of God. It's not worldly wisdom. This is God's wisdom. That's why we are, in quote, uh, as fallen people, thrilled by magic. They just said it and it happened. It's a thrill. It's like, that's the way. We know it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be like that. Yes, this is the realm from which I'm supposed to be living. But guess what? Jesus has made it possible for you to believe things and say them and they actually come to pass. (laughs) Hallelujah. And the more successful you are at that, the more the world will be brought to its knees as they watch. Of course, the prince of this world will not like it and he will throw things at us. He will envy us and try to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He will bring all of his forces against us. But guess what? You can live far above all of that and decide and desire and stay until you have finished your course, run your race with joy, and then go home in glory. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. And therefore, sometimes emphasis will be there again and again because people need to see it. People need to understand it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at a scripture or two again. Acts chapter 12. Notice verse 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. The word of God in its natural course, the way God does it is, it should grow and multiply. The word should grow and multiply. And so, to resist the word and its growth is to resist God's way of doing things. Hallelujah. How much more word do we need? Much more. How much growth do we need in the word? Much more. The word must grow and multiply in every aspect of our lives. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, the, the 19th chapter of Acts and observe. The 20th verse. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So it will continue to grow and multiply until it dominates everything. Mm-mm. And you are a custodian of all that. This is your present tense reality. These people showed us by the Spirit of God and left it for us in God's mind that you and I should read it and say, Wow, this is what I am now dealing with. This is the course of action. That the Word should rule in my life, dominate in my life, and show out its muscles, its dominating ability. It's the same word. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm sure many of you. How many of you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? I'm sure you do. How many of you believe that he took our place, our sin, our curse, all our failure and made us the righteousness of God? I'm sure you do. How many of you believe that Jesus made us new creatures? Hallelujah, we do. This is our life. This is our life. This is the way it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. It has to grow mightily. It has to grow mightily. It has to develop and go out and dominate. Praise God. Let's hear this also in Acts 14. I'm sorry, Acts 12, 24, and then Acts 19, 20. 
ಆದರೆ ದೇವರ ವಾಕ್ಯವು ಹಬ್ಬಿ ಹೆಚ್ಚುತ್ತಾ ಬಂತು so what will happen if someone sends you <laughs> a message that uh you know i i was sad uh but then i saw the man living under a canopy of plastic sheets so i rejoiced and thank god you know what will happen i'm sure you won't even reply you will just say i'm not going to waste my time replying to that yeah. instead of smiling and say hey yes we're so blessed let's read acts 1920 also ee reetiyagi devara vakyavu bahalavagi hechutta prabalavaayitu amen praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord so sometimes this uh let's just call it some zeal that fires up inside you wants to come out and let the world know about it and you have the medium of the tube the youtube and the media and all of that so put it out there do it quickly because jesus is coming soon as you go deliver these things lay hands on the sick cleanse the leper raise the dead cast out demons it is your right in the name of jesus because you are as he is in this world glory to god hallelujah Let's go to the book of Acts again, the first chapter. We're going to look at another thought also after this. I believe we have time. Acts chapter 1. You see, our time goes so quickly. Uh, you need days and days and days of meditating and pondering and thinking about it. And then your mind finally kicks in and says, you know what? This is normal life. Hallelujah. This is God's life. This is the normal way of living. far above the natural circumstances this is our state of contentment this is our guarantee but it takes time for that mind to be affected it takes the very pressure of metamorphosis where charcoal coal is changed into diamond by pressure under the pounds or kilos and kilos and tons of earth and the dynamics of the chemistry involved that coal actually becomes a diamond it's amazing that's the same word for the renewing of the mind so the mind has to be subjected to this pressure until he accepts what god said is final authority hallelujah back in acts chapter 1 from verse 1 something interesting that you need to think about as you walk with jesus verse 1 the former treatises have i made o theophilus of all that jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the holy ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of god being assembled together with them commanded them they should not depart from jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which said he you have heard of me praise god very interesting scripture there uh, which you know probably doesn't um, mean much if you are just reading 
la 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 like that. But if you're reading it with hunger and thirst and desire to fellowship with illumination from God's face, the glory of God in the face of Jesus, the revelation of his word, with that kind of hunger and persistence, it begins to make things very different. The New Living Translation says, During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. That sounds interesting that time to time he would just come there and say, Hey guys, have you any food? And then they would give him whatever they had and he would eat the fish at the honeycomb. And then he would talk to them about the kingdom of God. He said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice that in that rudimentary prayer, his main thrust in the beginning was that the kingdom, the Father's kingdom should come to the earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. In heaven there's no curse, there's no sickness, there's no poverty. There's bliss and there's enjoyment beyond what eyes have seen or ears have heard, but God has prepared it for us, and the Spirit of God unveils it to us. As we press in, we get that fire and revelation and understanding from Him, and it, whoo, it lifts us up, and we are so pumped up. Hallelujah. But, you know, uh, this detail that He spent 40 days... One month plus ten days, different times, kept coming again and again. The main teaching was, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To actually have heaven in our life on a daily basis. In the form of a kingdom. Romans 5.17, upon which this church was uh, originally built because... That scripture hit me like a hammer and continues to thrill me. And I believe we should not lose this kingdom, dominion, authority over everything that's in the natural mentality. And actually expect heaven on earth as it is in heaven. It must be on the earth. What is permitted there must be permitted here. Anything else must not be permitted Hallelujah. And I will continue to hammer away as long as I live upon these realities. In one way or another. And everything that we say must be sieved through this truth. Because he took 40 days time to come and explain to his disciples about these things. And if he spent 40 days teaching these things at different interventions and points in time, man... We have to get that thinking, and it'll take time. It'll take some work. It'll take some diligence. It'll take some application until you and I can be content that whatever the king has is what you have. Amen. That's your guarantee. Amen. That's your contentment. And no worldly explanations of contentment will even come close 
No comparisons among worldly thinkers will even come close because this is heaven. This is God's life. This is God's nature. This is the very thought of the creator, our father God. And he planned for the whole family in heaven and on earth. He wants a family. He wants the earth to know this. He wants this message to come across clearly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Think about that. Let's hear Acts 1, verse 1 to 3 also in Canada, if we have not already. O Theophilane, Yesu Thano Arisikonda, Apostolarige, Pavitratmana, Mukantara, Adnegadanu, Kutta Taruvaya. Athanu Melake, Ethelpata, Divasada Varige, Thano, Maduadaku, Bodhisuvadaku, Praram Visidilavanu, Nanu Nana, Modalane, Pustaka, the Liberidinu. Athanu Shramayana Nubavisida Mele, Rudavada, Aneka Pramana Varinda, Tanu, Jeevantanagi, Adanendu, Apostolarige, Tananu, Torisikundu, Nalvatu, Divasagara, Tanaka, Avarige, Karnisikuluta, Devara, Rajeke, Sambanda Pata, Vishayagaranu, Matanadu, Praise God. Hallelujah. When these things become the core of our thinking, we are beginning to be part of those people that walked on the beach with him, listening to his teachings during those 40 days. Can you imagine we have an opportunity to go there and hang around with him as he's teaching about the kingdom? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. By the Spirit of God. By pressing into these things, by fellowshipping with the Word, by going after him, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be taken away from you and you'll be left with a tarpaulin under some tree. Is that what he said? See, that has not yet dawned upon us. That if we continue to seek after the kingdom of God and his way of being right, 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 he's right. That's where everything comes to him. The wrong people are not supposed to receive what is right. What is rightfully theirs. They are not supposed to receive it. But if you've been made right by Jesus, then you have every right to receive what is the right thing. Which is heaven. You were qualified for heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. And whatever is in heaven is what is for you. And you are an ambassador of that kingdom, going about talking and distributing information on how to enjoy that citizenship and have heaven. Praise God. We have to uh, reaffirm this again and again, again and again, again and again, because Jesus took time to come down and talk about it. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Let's see if we can also look at that scripture over there. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, and verse 33. Adare Modalu Nivu, Devara Rajavanu, Athana Nithianu, Udukiri, Kivugala Kuda, Avila, Ubalu, Kudisal Paduvavu. What is on the heels of it? So don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Can you see that? So you don't have to worry, you don't have to be bothered. Thank you, Jesus. Take no thought for tomorrow. The morrow will take thought for the things of itself. 
Glory to God. There is evil. We're not saying that we are in denial. Denial is the river in Egypt. We are not, <laughs> we are not in denial. There is trouble. There are real problems out there. But that's not our problem. That's not our problem. That's not our problem. I don't have to worry about it. That's why we are weaning ourselves off the media and the news and all of that. Nothing wrong with checking the news, honestly. But the problem is that it bombards your thinking. And the price that you need to pay to hang around and draw closer to God by faith in His Word and by the Spirit is cut off. Your thinking is being engaged by other things. And your mind is like a fertile ground opening itself to whatever you sow, whether good or bad. That's the problem. And we have to guard it. We have to watch over it as land given to us to be custodians of it. Hallelujah. And that is why we're saying these things, not to put anybody under bondage. Not to sound like Hitler thumping the podium and, you know, all of that. It's not just mere emotion. It is the idea that it has not yet caught up. It can be seen. The faces are reflecting the same as the world. The expectations are same as the world. They're saying the same thing in the church as the world is saying. That is irritating after so many years. For God that cannot lie or change. Whose prayer even to the religious was thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We must be clear of what is in heaven. And do not allow it down here. In your house, in your family, in your children. And you can be attacked for these things. That this is all you talk about. But this is what helps us to wean ourselves from the world. And pay the price of diligence seeking him. That gives you the reward. The reward. The reward. God is a God of profit. God is a God of reward. Someone said, uh, I'm not doing uh, online anymore because people don't come to church. They're just staying online. That's a thought. But it's a bit of a natural thought. The truth is, Paul said, I did not hold back anything that was profitable to you. So I'm pure from the blood of all men. See that? There is a guilt involved in holding back. There is a blessing in pouring it out. Thinking about others profit more than yourself. And your excitement of people's faces. Praise God. These thoughts come to all of us. It is a world system. To try and stifle these things. But we are called to let it grow. Let it multiply. Let it increase. Let it go out and dominate. Let it keep going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha ha ha. Thank you Jesus. Alright. Think about all this. Give yourself to it some more and some more until the light shines on your face and it's the same light from the glory of God in Jesus' own face. And that is where your supply comes from. The knowledge of the glory is where everything is. 
My God supplies everything from that place. But it involves our mind appreciating, taking hold of it, seeing it, saying it, becoming a lifestyle. And not content with worldly systems, but content that this is the truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then you are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Not your might. Praise God. Alright, look at this again. Another thought. John chapter 1. As you pay the price and study and pray, you will know "Ah, something about this is not alright. John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That's a good verse. What's wrong with that verse? Nothing wrong with it. But um, this is the grace that we're talking about is, is a different kind of thing from what natural man thinks. Hallelujah. Amen. For instance, we know that the grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness... Ungodly lust, you know, ungodliness, worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. How can this be the same grace that all of us are talking about when some people think that grace means you don't have to confess or be conscious that you made a mistake and that you can just, you know, write it off as the grace of God? Well, there's some level of thought there. Praise God. But, you know, this is a clear definition. This is what the grace of God teaches us. Grace teachings. Grace teachings. What are grace teachings? Denying ungodliness. Worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Why? Because the ability to live like God on the earth has been given to us. By the grace of God. By the word of God, by the spirit of God, by the life of God, by the nature on the inside of us, which we need to meditate on, think about, talk about, and rule in this life beyond circumstances, above all of the junk out there, as a holy priesthood. Chosen out of darkness in the marvelous light. It's been given to us. It comes through teaching. Repetition. Understanding. Again and again. Hallelujah. Amen. So how does that now hold water? You know, if this is the fact. How do you deal with such things? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. We'll see what we can uh, get in Canada also after a little while. Matthew 11. Notice Jesus was speaking and he said there in verse 12, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you begin to look at this a little closely, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. 
But notice, all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. It stopped there. So while Jesus was here, he was not teaching law. He was teaching grace. Amen? Hallelujah. He was born under the law, but that's not what he taught. That's why he could say, But I say unto you, You have heard it said, You shall not, you know, commit adultery. But I say unto you, Whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her, In his heart he has already done it. That's grace. Amen. Grace is the ability of God to live in a place where you can deal with thoughts and arrest them and cast them down. Woohoo! Every thought can be cast down to the obedience of Christ. In the thought realm before it manifests in the natural. That's the grace of God. That you can deal with it from inside. That's the grace of God. Hallelujah. And you have been given that grace and that ability. It's called the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to rule in this life. Not in some ethereal place. In this life as a king, with all of its challenges, you can dominate all that and live here. And enjoy the progressive maturity and the status that you are seeing in your life on a daily basis that man is getting better. It's getting better. It's getting better. I'm being changed from one level of glory to the other. I'm moving. I am being changed. I can see it. It's actually real. But it involves that price. Diligently going after him. Hanging around his courts, hanging around his word, hanging around his thoughts, teachings along these lines. Not spurious stuff, real stuff. Glory to God. All right, let's see if we can get a verse or two before we shut down. Praise God. Um, John chapter 1, verse 17 in Canada. Praise God. And then Titus tells us, of course, in chapter 2 and verse 11, the grace of God, notice that, has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Especially as you see the day approaching, that's the time to gather around these things. Because you need to dominate even more the filth and dominion of darkness that is trying to dominate the world right now. How much more do we need to gather around denying ungodliness, worldly lusts, living soberly, righteously, godly in this present world? Let me ask you a question. What was it that actually encouraged you as you were in the process of getting saved? If you were influenced by a believer, what was it? For me, it is very clear that a young guy could live a preciously holy life that I was not living. That affected me. Not their looseness. Their looseness did not instigate me to enjoy Jesus. Their holy life 
instigated me and spoke to my heart and said, this young guy is living a better life than I ever lived. That's the same thing. We are the salt. It is that salt that is changing things, preserving things, that the world is saying, these guys are not like us, man. They are different. The guy is a saint. He's living today with the same junk that everyone is going through. He's a saint. How is this possible? Only God and you know how it is possible. That you are dipping into the word, swimming in it, being washed by the water of the word. Your mind is being renewed. You are denying ungodliness, casting down things that are trying to fight against you. Because of the grace of God that's been given to you, to cast it down. You could never cast it down unless the grace of God had been given to us to dominate over thoughts by words from God's word in Jesus' name. And do it just like Jesus. I refuse it. I say it is written. Use the same armor. How can you use the same armor of Jesus? Because of the grace of God. It fits you. It fits you correctly. You have his life. You have his nature. You have his own armor. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's see if we can hear another thing in Canada also. Um, Matthew eleven thirteen. So Jesus had to come into a place where he was not actually teaching law. <laughs> People say, oh, that was law, that was the law. No, 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 sorry, it was not. The law had to do it actually removing an eye. If somebody caused eye trouble, you go pluck out their eye, remove their tooth. It was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But in the grace realm, it is just thinking about removing their eyes is <laughs> too much. Hallelujah. Amen. It's better to go into heaven without eyes, he said, rather than to have your eyes and go to hell because the living God knows how to kill you Praise God. It is a sad thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He's living. That means he sees the living. Wherever you are, you can be still put into hell. Praise God. You think it ended here? No. There is a future. And we are on the positive side of that. There's rewards coming there and here. Amen? So we fall into the hands of the living God in a positive way, not the negative way. Say amen, somebody. I'm looking forward to rewards. The blood of the Lamb avails. He forgives, he forgets, and I go forward. Amen? Let's see if we can read also Matthew 5, 28. So this is the fear of God, which we are urged to maintain even in the new covenant. Amen? That we watch our words. How do we watch our words? By what we are thinking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. 
Who loves life that he wants to see good days? Let him keep his tongue. How do you keep your tongue? You hold it like that, this and that. No, you begin to think certain thoughts. Let them prevail. Let them dominate by the pressure of metamorphio. Until it comes out of your mouth. And you begin to see change. You begin to see results. You begin to see stuff happening. Hallelujah. I think we've said enough for the one day. Let's worship him that's worthy. Man cresote predevite le procuto cruto posto men palca sumbrelti men juro abrediste e frocuto palate e criste prasante mazulte me grusto. Father, as we seek to wean ourselves from the news and the stuff that is out there in the world, oh, we give you thanks for being on our side, that you are for us. And therefore we can say to these things, the tribulation, the famine, the pestilence that's out there, if God be for us, who will be against us? We can say to those things, God loves us much more. No height, no depth, no power, no principality, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that no, we are not just lambs led to the slaughter. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. We can continue to say that. We can respond to the affliction. We can respond to the famine. We can respond to the pestilence. We can say to those things. Ha, 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 ha. In the name of Jesus, we can dominate them, rule over them, live like kings on the earth until we go home in glory. We give you the praise. We give you the thanks for revelation and understanding. We want to look to you constantly for wisdom, to choose properly, to hear you, to be led by you so that we can avoid the traps of the enemy, the pitfalls of darkness. We give you thanks. We give you praise for the households that are out there, for the families that are out there, for the angels that are surrounding them right now, keeping them as the apple of God's eye. We give you the praise. We give you the glory for delivering us from the plots of the enemy, that no weapon formed against your people will prosper. That every tongue that rises up against them in condemnation, we condemn it. We cancel their power in Jesus' name. We give you thanks that that is our heritage as the saints, oh, who serve our King, as the sons, as the family of God who have been given His name. Hallelujah. You are blessed. So good. So good. Let's keep thinking on these things even for the time we have. Hallelujah. If you like to give, it's a great opportunity. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. I'm so glad that you are not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. And you are blessed in your deed. In Jesus' name, angels work.